Welcome to Embers and Wind. Are you feeling a calling to serve? What if answering this calling unleashes from deep within you leadership potential? I'm your podcast host, Keith Weedman. Blended three decades experience with knowledge from multiple disciplines to unleash hidden potential in others. In this weekly podcast, my distinguished guests and I will share what fuels us and how we serve. You will feel a gentle wind on the embers of service that glow within you. You will receive kindling for your capabilities and knowledge to build skills. You can utilize this gentle wind to ignite the kindling. You will be guided to do this for people you lead and serve. You can apply what you learn with people you love. Get ready to feel the gentle wind. Welcome, listeners, to this episode of Embers and Wind. My name is Keith Pryor, and I'll be your guest host today. Today, we have a returning guest, Jason Carr. Jason is a manager in IT operations and has a passion for public speaking and mentoring others to become better public speakers. He does this through an organization called Toastmasters. Today, we meet with Jason to talk about how impactful brief interactions can be in our life. Jason, welcome to Embers and Wind. Thanks, Keith. It's so great to be here with you talking on a podcast and returning to Embers and Wind. I'm very excited, and thank you so much for being the guest host this week. Well, I'm excited that you're here, and I'm excited to talk with you. This is a, listeners, this is a man that I have known for over 26 years. We went to high school together, and I have had the unique ability to watch him grow and transform into the wonderful individual that he is today. I'm really excited to have you here today. I'm really intrigued and really want to know about this power of brief interactions that we have with others. I've been listening to many of the past episodes of Embers and Wind. I've been impressed with the stories of each of the guests. Please tell us about these small interactions that can have such big, impactful consequences in our lives. For me, it started, I started learning or understanding the power of the of just brief interactions and the impact they can have on our lives when I met uh, Keith Weedman, the host of this podcast. I had met Keith Weedman through Toastmasters. He came to the club and I was vice president of education. My responsibility is to help all of our members set up their learning plan and how they're going to improve their public speaking skills. Jason, tell me a little bit more about what it is to be vice president of education. As vice president of education, I'm responsible for helping all of our members meet their their goals. And one of the things that I first do is sit down with new members and ask them, what is it they want to achieve through Toastmasters? What did you want to achieve through Toastmasters? The big reason why I had joined Toastmasters was really to network with people. And the longer I was in Toastmasters, the more that I realized that I really love public speaking. I have a huge passion for it. And I really wanted to be able to get to the point to where I can stand up on stages and just do that as a career going around 
giving keynote speeches everywhere. And the very first night that I had to go through this process with Keith, we instantly made a connection. I'd asked, what is it that you're wanting to achieve in Toastmasters? And Keith replied, well, what is it that you're wanting to achieve in Toastmasters? What do you want to get out? What did you want to get out of that, Jason? I wanted to be, like I said, a keynote speaker. So I shared that with him. And he replied back that that's what he was wanting to do, and he wanted me to be his mentor. Now, I'm an introvert, so when folks say those things to me, I sort of dismiss them. Why? From a confidence perspective, I can't believe that someone needs to be mentored by me. I think Keith must have sensed this when he came in the next time, because he immediately struck up a conversation with me. And in that interaction just a couple minutes before we're getting ready to start Toastmasters, he told me that he had a leadership coaching company. I was like, oh, that's very interesting. I've always been interested in something like that. And he said, well, I would be happy to help mentor you in that area. In just a couple of minutes, in that brief interaction, I could have said, no, that's okay. I don't need a mentor in that area. But I decided to move forward. That started me down a path that really changed my perspective on life and how I approach life. How are you in your comfort zone at that moment? Oh, when I first sat down with Keith, I was completely out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. He kept looking at me and calling me an international keynote speaker. And how did that make you feel? Very uncomfortable because I didn't believe that I was capable of doing that. Again, when I had told him that I wanted to be a keynote speaker, it's always been in the back of my head, but I was just saying that because that's the first thing that popped to my mind, but I didn't believe it in my core. Mm -hmm. And where do you believe now? I believe it in my core. And a lot of that has been from those interactions that I've had with Keith. It started with a small, just conversation two minutes before Toastmasters and grew into this relationship where he's mentored me helping me understand how to provide feedback to the folks that I'm responsible for, how to be a better servant leader, but most importantly, understanding that everyone that we interact with, we have an impact on. And through connecting people with other people, we can have a huge impact. Through just having those brief conversations to help empower others, it just it makes a, a lifelong lasting impact. It really sounds like Mr. Weedman blew that wind across the embers and really caused a great flame to go off in you. Yeah, absolutely. My, my light was pretty dim at that point in time, and he really helped me brighten and help me shine and understand what my full potential was. That is so wonderful to hear, Jason. If you could further tell us more about other examples of situations that were small brief interactions or a small series of brief interactions that ended up having such an impact in your life overall. I recently started writing a book around all of the different folks throughout my life that have had like they've had a major impact. So obviously the first thing that comes to mind is your parents, your family and those around you. But throughout your life, there are other people that have quickly stepped in and stepped out. 
but they left a huge impact on you. And I can go as far back as when I was in third grade. Tell me more about third grade, Jason. I went to the school called St. Simons. Was that in Indiana or was that, where was St. Simons at? St. Simons is up in Indianapolis, not in the greatest neighborhood. If you were to go over there now, it's even run down a little bit more. But St. Simons is a Catholic school. And this is the first time I'd ever went to a Catholic school. I loved it there. At least I loved it my first year there. I started there when I was in second grade. And here I was, this guy coming in, this little kid coming in. I was a new kid in class, and everyone just loved me. Everyone wanted to be my friend and paid so much attention to me. I was Mr. Popular for that first year. But that all changed. And it changed rather quickly at the beginning of third grade. Oh, wow. What changed so much at the end of second grade? Well, at the beginning of third grade, I was no longer the new kid. Oh, I'm sorry. The the beginning of third grade or the end of third grade? At the beginning of third grade, I was no longer the new kid. Okay. And another new kid came in. And that new, new kid I was extremely jealous of. And all the other kids saw him as Mr. Popular. His name was Brett. So Mr. Popular Brett comes in at the beginning of third grade and what kind of impact did that have on you i was extremely jealous all of the kids stopped paying attention to me and he treated me like i was the outcast and for the first time in my life i didn't have any friends i bet that hurt it was pretty painful i was pretty depressed i didn't understand i was popular one second and the next second i really hadn't changed But I was no longer popular. Wow, that's really tough for a third grader to go through something like that. What got you through that, Jason? Well, a few weeks later, a new kid started at school. Another new kid, and her name is Marcy. I remember sitting in Mrs. Lemke's class and looked over, and this new girl was sitting there next to me. And at first, we really didn't talk. Me being an introvert, didn't really know what to say. And I quickly noticed that a lot of the other kids weren't talking to her either. But I would look over and she'd always be coloring something. And when we'd go out to the playground, she was always sort of off by herself, but she never really looked like that she terribly minded. And I think after a month or so, we're sitting in class and we just start talking. Now, of course, this is in third grade, so it's not like we're having these incredibly intellectually stimulating conversations these existential conversations about what's going on in the world other than what's going on in third grade class right but i soon found myself spending all of the time when i'm at school hanging out with her and while i was going through this internal turmoil of no one else liking me here i had this wonderful friend that didn't seem to care about what other people thought of her she just accepted you for who you were. Exactly. And we remained friends all the way through fourth grade. Now, at the end of fourth grade, my parents decided to move to New Palestine, Indiana. How far that is away from Indianapolis for our viewers? Like maybe 30 minutes. So in today's world, it probably wouldn't that be that big of a deal for us to remain friends and stay in contact. But back then, it was a little bit of a different story. Jason, for our listeners, kind of give me an example of how far Indianapolis is to New Palestine. It's about maybe a 20 or 30 minute drive. So in fourth grade, you got moved 30 minutes away to a whole new community. 
a whole new school, and what impact did that have on you? Well, there I was, again, the new kid, trying to find friends, and I luckily did find friends in this new school, but I never forgot about Marcy. And what experience with Marcy did you pull into the new school of New Palestine? You know, it took me a long time to really be able to answer that question. Once I left St. Simon's, for years, I would try to see if I could make contact with Marcy to continue that friendship because it meant so much to me. It meant so much to me that when we were in third grade, she gave me this little pencil sharpener copper train that I still have to this day. I've always kept it as a memento of our as a, of our friendship. And throughout the years, I would look in phone books to see if I could contact her. A few times I made calls to random numbers in the phone book that had, the, had her last name, and we were just never able to connect. So let me understand this correctly. So for the past 35 years, Marcy has had such an impact on you for such a brief interaction back in fourth grade, third grade into fourth grade that 35 years later, that you're still seeking her out to do what? That's an excellent question. And I really didn't know what to expect if I ever found Marcy again. But that brief interaction has set such a fire in you and that you've carried on over the last three and a half decades. That's just amazing, Jason. Did you ever find her? Well, I did actually. And it came about in such a weird way. I was writing a speech for Toastmasters to tell the story that I'm telling you now. And I had decided one more time I would just go out to Facebook and look around and see if I could find her. And I'd done this a few times before and never had any luck. Looked on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. Never found her. Did you ever find her? I did. I went out to Facebook. I found somebody named Marcy Hemby. And I reached out to her. I said, did you go to St. Simon's? And she said, yes, I did. And I said, what grade did you go there in? And she's like, well, I was there in third and fourth grade. And we continued to talk back and forth. And I quickly became, I don't want to say devastated, but a little depressed. And the reason why I became depressed is that all these years, Marcy had had a profound impact on me, but she didn't remember who I was. So all these years I've held that friendship for some reason high in my mind and when she didn't remember me that caused me to reflect on well why after you said three and a half decades did I still remember this person from third grade and as I began to reflect on this I began to understand that she single-handedly taught me the lesson that it is okay to be yourself she's my first friend I ever had that was that demonstration that it's okay to be who you are and you don't have to seek continual popularity to be happy. Well, Marcy, if you're out there listening, I just want you to know that the impact that you had on Jason has been astronomical. So I want to thank Marcy for helping you be the individual that you are today to be able to come in and tell the story because you are a remarkable person. Well, thank you, Keith. People that impact us throughout our life, like Marcy, just because she didn't remember me, it didn't lessen the impact that she had on me. Now, I wish I would have had as much as an impact on her, but I recognize now that she helped change my life. I'm going to interject here for a moment and just pose this question. 
Although that you may or may not have had an impact on Marcy 35 years ago, but the impact she had on you 35 years ago, do you feel that you've carried that on and given a piece of what Marcy gave you to other individuals that you've interacted with over the last three and a half decades? 100%. 100% as I've met new people in my life. I've always seemed to gravitate towards those folks that are, if you would say, uh, unpopular. The underdog. The underdog. And, and I found in that, for me at least, that I found very interesting people and very strong people. Resilient. resilient. I believe underdogs are the most resilient individuals that are out there. Yep. I mean, you have extrovert underdogs and you have introvert underdogs. But they are amazing individuals. I, myself, feel like I was an underdog for a long time. Still do. I mean, it's momentarily moments of being underdog. However, I love the underdog. Again, that all started from Marcy and I just having a brief conversation in class. Her reaching over to me and saying hi when I sat down in class. Something that I wasn't open to. I was, again, in a place of depression. Through that brief interaction, it created this huge impact that lasted for all of my life. It's amazing how sometimes all it takes is just saying, hello, good morning, thank you, how are you doing, can change the outcome for so many individuals. Just think about it. When you're standing in the line at Starbucks and that person in front of you looks a little down, everyone has a challenging morning, that person in front of you looks a little down, and you just say good morning and smile at them. That will help pick them up and turn that light bulb on just a little bit further. I had the perfect situation happen today. About an hour before we got together to do the podcast, I went to go pick up food for my family. And as I was coming out the door, a gentleman held the door open for me. And then I stopped and turned around and smiled at him and said thank you. And he got this huge grin on his face and stopped and said, oh, no problem. You have a wonderful night, sir. And then just went inside with this glow about him. And that was a quick exchange, but it definitely made me feel a lot better. It it actually helped pump me up a little bit. Jason, I can totally understand that. I tell you what, two days ago, I took my five-year-old to daycare. And we were going into daycare, and this other parent had taken their child out of their car seat and put the car seat on the side of the wall. I'd already kind of buzzed us in, and I had the door open, and we were going to get ready to go through. But my five-year-old stops me, like literally puts his arms up and stops me, and puts his arm on the door to allow this parent to come through the door very courteously. I was very proud, and I tell you what. My five-year-old had an impact on me and just knowing that he did such a good thing there because that was the right thing to do. So I could totally understand that, Jason. It's, 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 an, it's an amazing, wonderful thing to be able to reach out to others and connect with others and on such a minimalist situation that can just make such a difference. Brief interactions can have such a huge impact on you. And one of the things, as we've been just talking about, and one of the things that Keith Weedman taught me was that when you have a vision in what you want to accomplish and you have that let's call it focus then things just mysteriously start happening to you in the world 
And here's an example that I'll give for that. There was a gentleman, can't remember his name now, but he famously climbed Mount Everest. And you can imagine trying to climb Mount Everest, that's a huge deal. There's a lot of people that have to get involved for you to be able to do that. It's not a one-man show. He set a vision for himself that he was going to climb Mount Everest. And he told somebody about this vision. And by telling them about this vision, they got fired up and wanted to help him achieve this vision. And then that person told someone else, and that person told another person. And before you know it, there's a whole crew trying to help this one guy climb Mount Everest. I had a similar thing happen to me where I told people within my Toastmasters group that I wanted to be a keynote speaker. So my Mount Everest was climbing to be a keynote speaker. I shared this with Keith, really hadn't shared it with anyone else. But then people started coming into my life that would be able to help me achieve that goal. And I started picking up other mentors through Toastmaster that helped me drastically improve my public speaking and also had different avenues that I could pursue to begin getting that recognition. Now, I'm still working on that today, but just having that vision set for me in my mind allowed me to be open to accepting help from others and seeking out that interaction with others. All of a sudden, through having that vision, I ended up on the radio promoting Toastmasters. And then another person came back to Toastmasters that became a good friend of mine and is one of my current mentors and helping me build the skill sets that I need to not only be a better leader, but a better husband, a better friend, and eventually a keynote speaker. All because of one moment, one brief fleeting moment at Toastmasters with Mr. Weedman. Yep. It all started from, from there. Amazing, Jason. Jason, if you only had five minutes for a brief interaction with someone, what do you think you would say to them? I think that we should approach every interaction with a, with a servant's heart. And what I mean by that is as you're approaching someone, say, for instance, that you're at a conference and you're watching someone give a keynote speech and you were really impressed with the topic that they had and what they had to say. When you approach that person to have that brief interaction, approach them with a servant's heart. Be genuine with them and provide that positive feedback. And that will leave a lasting impression with that person. It'll pump up their day immensely. And then later, you never know what will happen. One of my friends recently was at a conference and ran into the new CIO of a company. And that, CEO, that CIO had given an address, and afterwards he went up to that person and said, I really liked the leadership principles that you talked about during your presentation. It helped me learn something new that I hadn't thought about in that context before. And I just want to let you know that I'm going to be carrying that with me for the rest of my life and, and we'll start using that with my folks. It's great meeting you and thank you so much for coming out. Fast forward to about five months later, the person that my friend had said that to turned around and offered my friend a job. Just from that brief interaction, his life is changing from that brief interaction. Well, Jason, you've told us about your interactions with Mr. Weedman 
your interactions with Marcy. Can you give us any other examples of moments of interactions with people that really changed the course of your life or had the most impact on you? There's really too many to go through in a podcast, but one of the things that I started doing is writing a book on all of those impacts that I've had through my life. Do you have a name of the book yet that you'd like to share with the listeners out there? The one that I'm kind of kicking around in my head is just called Thank You. And basically I'm going through and writing thank you notes for all the different people that have impacted me in my life that have had that significant impact and telling the story of what that meant to me in my life and how they helped me. And I encourage everyone to do this. It's been a very fruitful exercise for me to go through and relive those moments and remember how people impacted me and then how I can share some of that same knowledge with the other people that I mentor and lead today. Well, Jason, I look forward to thank you when it comes out. And I want to thank you for sharing those stories with us. It really illustrates just how small an interaction can change a person's life. To our audience, think about the next time you're in line at the store or maybe at some event. Just a brief hello can brighten someone's day and turn it into a conversation that leads to a life-changing moment. Thank you again for being this week's guest, Jason, on Embers and Wind. How can people in our audience reach out and connect? Keith, it's been a great return to Embers and Wind. If folks would like to reach out to me, you can find me on LinkedIn. Again, my name is Jason Carr. And you can also reach me through email at jason.carr0815 at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out. Listeners, thank you for joining us in this conversation on Embers and Wind. And we'll see you next week on the next episode of Embers and Wind. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Embers and Wind. If you enjoyed today, please come back next week. Please also share this episode with a friend. If you've not already subscribed to Embers and Wind, rated this podcast, and written a review, please do this now. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at embersandwind.net. Thank you again for joining us.